This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast session number 143, the Nutcracker Ballet 360. Hello there and welcome to session number 143 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. I'm really happy that you're here with me today. I'm Annette Bone and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a super long time away from it. The lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful artists I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. So I'm doing something a little bit different for this session. I'm not going to edit. (laughs) I have three different segments, three interviews I did at the Inland Pacific Ballet, where I got to watch some of the rehearsals for an upcoming production of The Nutcracker. Wow, I'm so excited to see everything in its entirety. The energy there, the way that the dancers and the choreographer were working, the artistic director, the associate director, I got to check out the costume department. They make their costumes in-house. They don't rent anything, which is awesome. And then their props and everything, everything in-house. And they just moved into this facility. So everything is still kind of getting put together. So what I did, I didn't know who or what was, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do actually when I got there, except for tour the facility and watch some of the rehearsals. So I got pictures and some videos and I'll link it in the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash 143. But <laughs> I didn't know who I would be talking to if, when, if I was just going to have the interview scheduled, etc. So everything is off the cuff and I'm not even going to listen to the conversations. I'm just going to put it out there and remember the links that I'm going to share with uh, two of the people the uh, the associate director and one of the principal dancers. So interesting conversations. I was so excited. You'll probably hear some beeping in the background because we were in their front administrative office and there was something going off. You might hear some of the music. I don't know. I'm not going to listen to it. You're just going to have to hear it raw off the cuff. The only thing I'll probably adjust is maybe the volume. I'll make sure that the volume is up. But anyway, Wanted to try something new because I got inspired by my podcasting colleagues who do this kind of stuff all the time. They they are just spontaneous all the time. Something I'm learning to embrace as I continue to veer out of my comfort zone in podcasting and dance and all these different things. But it's very exciting and such a great learning process. So Nutcracker 360, I get the back view. I will get the backstage view actually when I go see the performance in a couple weeks, but this is the start of the uh, 360, I guess you could call Nutcracker Ballet 360. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, this is Sonia Church, dancer and founder of Ballet Bell, and you are listening to another session of the Dancepreneuring Studio with Annette Bone. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. Okay, here we go. So I'm doing something very different than I normally do on my podcast. You know, I'm very planned. I like to be spontaneous sometimes, but this is really out of my comfort zone because I'm recording live from the studios of Inland Pacific Ballet. And I don't know if I'm going to edit this either. So this has been so awesome. Because of podcasting, I 
was invited here to get a back uh, behind the scenes tour of the costume department and the rehearsals going on for the Nutcracker production that will be coming this week. So this episode is going to be released before the show. So I'm hoping that this will help promote the show as well. And I have to say, it's been really a great experience to watch the parents, the dancers, the directors, and everybody involved. You just realize when you have a big production like this, it takes a big team and a lot of cooperation and stuff to get this going. But I thought it would be really interesting. Um, If you've listened to some other episodes, I've had two parents who... um, have kids as dancers and I love getting perspectives of parents that have kids as dancers because I didn't necessarily grow up with that kind of support and team behind me and of course things can be done without mentorship and and it really it does come down to you as to what you're going to pursue and how you're going to make things happen but there is something about having a parent or a team behind you that supports you and that can only help you blossom in whatever passion that you have. So I'm here with April Jacobson. Her daughter has been doing this Nutcracker production, particularly with this company, Inland Pacific Ballet, for five years. So you know that she's passionate about it. And I kind of wanted to get her feedback on how she started dancing and what this whole process has been like, how she supports her daughter in her passion and um, anything else she wants to add. So April, thank you so much for taking the time to answer these questions. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about, yeah, let's, it's okay. It's totally, this is totally off the cuff. So tell me about your daughter, how she started dancing. How did this all happen? Oh, she has been interested in ballet from the time she was very little. It was um, She started with a, an Usborne book about ballet and wanted to take dance. And from the time she started taking lessons at two at a, a different studio. But she came here about five or six years ago and has been dancing here ever since and just loves it, loves everything about it. So uh, does she have a particular teacher that she's more inclined to or because it's a classical ballet academy, there's a, a very strict curriculum, right? So does she like that structure, the discipline of it? Is that what is drawing her? What is it that about ballet, besides the obvious of being dan- you know, dancing on stage and all that? What is it about ballet that she loves so much? She does love the structure here and the consistency be- between the, the teachers, um, she loves all of her teachers. I don't know that she could pick a favorite one. <laughs> but she she loves the seriousness of it. And she takes her classes very seriously and just loves everything about it, really. Does she do anything else besides dance? No. She, she sings a little bit, um, it, but dance is her passion. She just truly loves dance. In fact, she wanted to be homeschooled so she could dance more. So she is now involved in the specialty program here at Inland Pacific. Um, and she comes here for school and then stays in the evening for dance. So I would have loved that schedule when I was training around her age when I just actually I started late. But um, it's really cool to see a parent that is behind their child's passion. What would you say about that? Have you run into parents that are not necessarily supportive of their child wanting to dance or anything else? I, I have, unfortunately, seen seen parents that don't support their kids. And I feel that's the most important job as a parent, and especially when a child has a passion like this, to, to really foster it. And it, she has a dream of being a ballerina someday and helping her in any way I can to make that dream come true. And 
and supporting her. So I come and I volunteer as much as I can in any way that they need me. And, and I just, I love to just watch it unfold for her. It's exciting. It's exciting talk. You know, as we're talking about this, it's just warms my heart to hear that because, like I said, about having that support system behind you. What is the most difficult thing for her as she's doing her training? Is it pretty much, I mean, she sounds like a very disciplined person, so she probably handles challenges quite well. Is there something that she's had to deal with that's been a little bit more difficult? I'm not sure. I have to think about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess. I guess not being so such a perfectionist. It's kind of letting the artistic part take. She she takes everything so seriously and to kind of loosen up and enjoy the process and and enjoy her mistakes and and see see let herself allow herself to make mistakes and allow herself to grow from them. That is a huge thing. I think not only in ballet but in if you're pursuing anything and you want to be excellent at it, there's that that is a challenge. April, thank you so much for the your time and for your insight and I'm I'm looking forward to the production. I'm going to the show I think on the 15th. So, <laughs> excellent. You're going to enjoy it. It's yes. fantastic. Thank you. The really amazing things about what you'll see and you'll just feel it is how there's not really that much difference between the little kid energy and the professional. Like everybody in that room is, they know you see every girl in that room has pink tights on. They have a leotard on. The, everybody is working and they know the discipline and the standard. And I think that that's one thing that really sets us apart is that the kids know it. I mean, it's not like you have to re- remind the girls or the boys, you need to be in your uniform. You need to be ready to rehearsal. They, they know that the, the rehearsal space is sacred and and that gives them a lot of ownership to the work and a lot of, um, like the proper sense of pride in their work. Like they know they have to meet a standard. And so it's really great. It's nice to see because you don't feel like kid energy and uh, adult energy. You feel like everybody's in there working and like it's like a well oiled machine. I mean, it's hours and hours of not only just the rehearsals to get the choreography together, but then the classes and the training and the technique in order to, because ballet is not and easy it's not easy and and it doesn't you don't pick it up quickly you have to focus so it's really great to to have just for to for you to 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 get the sense that you feel that without even seeing very much that you get that that sense of of what's going on in the room i'm here at the inland pacific ballet headquarters with jonathan sharp who is oh my goodness he's accomplished like he's been on TV and Broadway all over the world and has all this cool experience I was just reading about. And um, I got to witness him um, taking one of the main dancers for their production of The Nutcracker through this combination. And I love the way he handled it. He was very patient and that that young man that you were. And so we just got into this conversation. I'm like, this is so out of my comfort zone for me because usually, you know, I'm recording in my in a studio or at home and everything is planned and this is totally off the cuff. So I'm excited about doing something different. But Jonathan, why this company? Why did you decide to work with this company? Uh, I know you split your time at, in Idlewild as well. And uh, so what is it about? Is it the students? And what, I'm, I'm curious. You know, for me, it's the standard. So I would drive and I do drive uh, an hour and a half to get here to work with 
this kind of standard, which is, you know, we say to the kids, this is how you have to be in rehearsal. This is the, what you need to have on. This is how your hair needs to be. This is the uniform that is correct. You need to have pink tights on so we can see the knees. We can see the feet. We can see the hip. We can see the placement. We can help with the technique. And you don't want to have to constantly ask or constantly, you know, you want to come to a place where that standard is in place. And, um, and this, the Inland Pacific Ballet really has it. I mean, Vicky has created uh, an incredible machine here of, you know, of the st- of being able to hold that standard. And so whether you're six years old in the production or you're 60, everyone knows, you know, how it has to be. And that that's what draws me. Because I know when you have that kind of standard, the work you can create is incredible. Yes, it's that freedom within discipline, because you have that structure in place. Like you said, there's a standard. And um, I was just talking to one of the parents, and she was saying how her daughter loves the structure here. And she loves, she wants so much to be here all the time. So she's asked to be homeschooled so that she can dance more here, because she loves the teachers here and loves how everything is run. So with your background, would you say that helped because you came from such a prestigious training background that it just it was just natural that well i mean everyone here is coming from that kind of high high end background so i think that just you know i mean and for me i don't want to feel like i'm like above or anything like that i want to feel like i have peers that i'm you know with with our creative and administrative staff that I'm working side by side with them and that we're all putting our brains together to make it happen. And then with the dancers too, that they have the talent that, you know, if you've got the eye that they can easily absorb the notes or, you know, put the details in that really make the the production rich. So this is your second year of being involved in this particular production? Not being involved in it. This is my second year of being the associate director. So being involved in it from a creative point um, as a a sort of an outside creator. I mean, I've been dancing with the company for 10 years plus. Yeah, 10 years plus, either as a guest artist or as a principal dancer. So, I mean, I've been on the other side as well where I was, you know, just working with them to create the, a, a specific character or characters. But now I'm looking at the overall ography and working with, uh, you know, f- fresh, making it fresh for every year. And, and, you know, we do have, it's sort of like a crop. We have, you know, you, you don't always know who you're going to have when you have kids, like who's going to be developed and, and how many and that kind of thing. So the, the, the production has a little bit of a freshness because we're, you know, like the, the kids who could play the nine-year-old parts are now 10. And it's amazing how they change in just one year. You know, someone who is small enough to play Clara this year, next year she's in the core of the the more adult parts. So, you know, they the, the kids sort of have a stepping, they step into the next part, step into the next part, step into the next part. So it's exciting to see the progression of the kids that you've been involved with because you've been involved with the company for so long. Also to see them because I'm also a teacher in the school. So to see them in the classical discipline of the class where we're working on the science of the steps, we're working on the language of dance, and then to bring them to this, which is now we're working on the artistry. So now you're no longer just doing the développés and the tendus, you're creating Clara or the Sugar Plum Fairy. And those are two very different characters, stylistically, um, just in the way that they're presented, or a Russian, or a Chinese, or an Arabian, or a party child, or a mouse. You know, so the, so the, the, the standard that we want for the step, the clarity of the movement, the strength, is 
is there, but then now we have the nuance of the characterization and the, and, and how do you interpret this music and, and how do you go into that kind of, you know, approach where it's not just the science. So what kind of things do you take your students through to facilitate that and to foster that and bring that out besides the obviously re- the rehearsal? Do you have I, – I look at coaching sort of in a Montessori way that you're, you don't coach the same way. You, you, you have to look at the, the kid and sometimes, oftentimes, you know, you'll verbalize something like, I need this to be bigger. But their idea of what bigger is and, and your idea of what it could be could may, might not intersect perfectly in that moment. So sometimes you do have to sort of give a, an intention or an instruction or a correction and then see how they physicalize it or incorporate it. And then sometimes they hit the mark immediately. Some kids are amazing. Uh, they can just understand. And sometimes they're amazing with a certain character. Like they just have that character within them. But then some other character, you know, like some of the girls are very good with the legato carrier if the character is soft and some of the girls have a more of a latin you know they can they can be a little bit more aggressive or whatever and then they're more difficult with the soft so it just depends on on who and it could be that you've got three girls in the same part and each one of them you have to move with just a little bit differently so so i try to you know i'm not doing the same thing i'm i'm really it's like cracking a code but but when you do see the result on the student or the actor or the dancer, whether it's the professional or one, one of the dancers from the school, then you're like, okay, so let's continue with that. And, you know, I mean, ultimately you want to perform what you've done in the studio. You don't want it to happen like some magic thing that happens when the audience comes in. You want to really present to them what you've worked out in the studio. And then the freshness is their energy. Someone's watching you. You're pulling up and you're doing your best work in that moment. And we have 18 performances. So even imagine these 10-year-olds, the rise and fall of, you know, they the, the, the first night we go in front of an audience, they've got all that energy. It's, it's, it's really great. The second night, they're tired. They, they're they're working from a different place. Sometimes there's a little bit of a lull, and and as adults and as coaches, we have to get them back to that place. You know, again, we want to have it well rehearsed so they know exactly what to do and they can be fresh. Um, so it's a lot of work. Yes, I, I I'm the little that I've seen is a lot of work. So what has been the most difficult thing about doing this production from your standpoint right now? I think probably the the most difficult thing is is that we rehearse it in pieces parts so you'll have the clara without the mice doing a lot of things and you know i mean like she's just doing her part we're coaching on that and we don't have because those people only rehearse at certain times so the fact that we don't like what you're seeing today is um just our second full run through last night was the first one and what's amazing too and a little bit difficult is we have three if not more casts so it's not like one person is playing the part every time you've got you know, and the, the chemistry, there's a synergy and a chemistry that changes. And so, you know, that's also a sort of a, a puzzle to fix because you want the standard of the production to be the same. I mean, if you're going to charge someone a ticket price, you know, then you need the standard of the production to be excellent, no matter who's dancing what. So what's after this? What's the next project after this? Oh, for me, I have a bunch. I'm um, working with the Pacific Festival Ballet in January. I'm going to be choreographing. I was in the um, the 94 revival of Carousel on Broadway. So I'm working with, they're doing a, a symphony ballet project um, 
So I'll be choreographing the Carousel Ballet for them. I mean, in Idlewild, we are planning to launch a brand new version of Alice in Wonderland uh, as a gala there. Um, in the spring here, we have our, um, it's, I say it's going to be brand new. It's not really going to be brand new, but I'm, I'm editing our production of Cinderella. So it's going to be fresh. Let's say that. So we're going to have a fresh production of Cinderella. Um, and so I'm working on, already working on, that I mean, really, literally, like I'm rehearsing this, but I'm literally. Uh, last night I was working on looking at the Cinderella and thinking about like who of these dancers we can cast in what parts and making sure they're available. And you know, so we have we're already working on the contracts for the spring. That is so exciting! Oh my gosh, just hearing about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to see that, and I want to see that, and I want to see that. That's really exciting. So what? And one last question I have to know because as as you're talking about all this, what is your creative process like? What inspires you what do you have a methodology on how you create and do these things for me in finding a project about i don't know maybe seven years ago i was working with the law of attraction and i stopped trying to find the projects i started letting them find me so that shifted the energies of things and honestly i I have more work than i i mean if i could clone myself i would get four times as much done. Um, but once I get a project, you know, I usually go to the music first because for me, the music for a ballet is the script and is the character and is the nuance. So I go to the music, not for counts, but for in my mind, I'm, I'm very visual in my mind. I, I, I'm a very good improv artist. Um, I can hear music and improvise it and whatever. So I go to what I just allow myself to, to see. And, then if I'm feeling like I need a little bit of a deeper uh, connection with the material, I will, you know, like with Alice in Wonderland, read from the book. I will make sure that I'm, you know, highlighting passages. Or sometimes I allow myself to watch other productions, but only once. So I don't want to watch it enough that I actually absorb the specifics. I want to absorb how it made me feel, how the story was told. Did something jump out at me? Uh, is this a moment that would be important to, and also to see how people th- um, made things theatrical. But I usually only will only watch if I'm going to watch someone else's version. I watch it one time. It's like I did a, a piece not too long ago on West Side Story and I watched the movie once. And there were like four shapes in the choreography that I could remember in my mind and I used them. But that was my acknowledgement to Jerome Robbins and the original production, but then making it my own. So that's usually my own creative process is that I like to find a root to, so that I'm, you know, under the, under the ground, there's some root that's, that's truth of the story or truth of the way it was originally created or truth of if I can find any manuscript of what, um, oftentimes, and people buy things online, uh, in iTunes so much, but if you actually buy the CD, a lot of times there's in the CD booklet, it'll have um, a breakdown of the the beats of on this track, such and such should happen, or you know, I mean, or it'll have something about the composer and and why it was written or things like that. I tried to find out those specific things just to help, you know, give the process more three dimension, um, and 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 to. F- find that circle of what's already been done and what can be fresh and then back and, and, and reincorporating all of that. Oh my gosh. I loved hearing about that process. So you guys, I'm going to link the information in the show notes on Jonathan and on the Nutcracker and Inland Pacific Ballet on the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash 143. I recommend if you are in the greater Los Angeles area, anywhere near San Bernardino County, there's going to be three different locations where this production is going to be 
uh, shown and just the little I've seen of it. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. Thank you, Jonathan, so much. Welcome. If you have kids and you love Christmas and you love music and you love art, come and see the Inland Pacific Ballet's Nutcracker. Awesome. Wow. I am just be ugh, cut. Wow. <laughs> this is really interesting doing this off the cuff because I'm so excited. Can you guys hear the beeping in the background? I was just with Jonathan Sharp, who is the associate director, right? He he um, and I had a great conversation and then we have this beeping going on, but I don't think I'm going to edit this out. We're going to keep this raw. <laughs> so anyway, I'm here now with Brandon Jay, who is a principal dancer with this company, Inland Pacific Ballet. And I am excited to talk with you about your experience with this. How are you? I'm well. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome. I'm excited seeing this, you know, behind the scenes with the rehearsals, the costume department, knowing that everything is made in-house and just the the structure of the facility and everything's still developing because you guys just moved right. in, right? So everything's kind of fresh still, but the energy and what's going on, I'm you guys just have to be here to see this. I, I feel so blessed. Anyway, Brandon, so um tell me about yourself. Uh, I'm Brandon Jay. I've been with the Inland Pacific Ballet for about 10 years now. I started out as the hip-hop teacher. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> I'm a hip-hop dancer first. Hip-hop first. Yeah. Okay. And then I uh, started with the company about 10 years ago. Uh, Vicky, the director, uh, just threw me into the party scene and made me a party dad. She was like, you know what? You should do some ballet. And uh, I thank her so much because I think she saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. I've always been a fan of ballet, but she's just like, you should come take class. I was like, all right, I'll take class and didn't know what I was doing. And But what made me stick with ballet so much is the fact that I couldn't do it at first. And I don't like to not know how to do something. Ooh, you'd like a challenge just like me. If it's challenging, bring it on because I want to get out of my comfort zone and I want to see if I could do this. Oh, my kind of conversation already. I love this. So, um, with the nut, what is it about the Nutcracker that you like dancing in? What is it about ballet? You said you've been a fan, but you started hip hop. Were you kind of shying away from it just because there's kind of a stigma sometimes? Or do you, I mean, did you even think about that? Because some people still like, oh, ballet is, you know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, to be honest with you, uh, I grew up in Miami, Florida, and um, uh, I grew up in the origins of hip hop, right when hip hop was starting. So I gravitated to that naturally, of course. But growing up, I didn't. Ha and even back then, you know, hip hop in a dance studio wasn't a thing yet. Uh, and I just didn't have those opportunities to take formal dance classes like that. So I grew up dancing on the streets with hip hop, of course, and uh, didn't just have the opportunity to do ballet inside of a studio or school such as this one. So that's what really made me. And then when I got the opportunity came, I've always been a fan. So I grew up, I'm trained in many styles but not formally. So I trained under Gregory Hines. I trained under uh, Fred Astaire, uh, Gene Kelly, uh, those cats. I grew up watching those cats, Michael Jackson, of course. Yes. Um, so, you know, I watched those and I studied under them. You know what I mean? But I never had the opportunity to take a real formal class until I started working within the Pacific Ballet. So with your hip hop background and, you know, then going to ballet, you see the structure and the discipline that it requires. Was that hard for you to get into that? Absolutely. <laughs> ballet uses all of the opposite muscles yes. that hip hop uses. Mm -hmm. So I was going home sore in places that I didn't think I needed to be sore in, first of all. Um, 
and yeah, it was very hard, but it made my hip hop so much better. It 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 uh it made my body more aware of what I was doing. I had, you know, I was able to use different muscles. I know how to engage certain muscles and then transfer that technique over into the hip hop with but still making hip hop feel and look hip hop. I love that you said that because I know there are still dancers out there that don't take that don't want to take other styles, but I personally, from personal experience, know it all. It all helps. If you're trained in one and you train another and challenge yourself and there's everything really and ballet, especially it being the foundation. Oh, my gosh. So do you still teach hip hop? I do. I am a professor at UCR, University of California, Riverside, and I teach hip hop movement and culture. Exciting. So you might know uh, my friend Marina. Maybe she just got on staff there. Anyway, okay, side note. Sorry. I just thought of Marina. Marina, this is a shout out to you. Anyway, so with the Nutcracker, do you, are there any other productions that you've danced in that you really like? Uh, ballet? Yes. Yes. Uh, we've done Cinderella. Uh, I really like that one. Um, I had a lot of fun doing Dracula. We have an amazing production of Dracula, and uh, I had so much fun doing it. Uh, I even before I even got the chance to perform in it, I just sat and watched the whole rehearsal process going into the theater uh, because the choreographer uh, uh, Fernando Fernando Hernandez he is amazing, and I was just in awe just watching him create that piece. And then when I got the chance to perform it a year later. I was very excited. It's my one of my favorite ones next to the Nutcracker. Are you guys going to bring that back? I am certainly hoping so. Because <laughs> I want to see it. It oh is amazing. Wow. Wow. So with um, your students that you teach at UCR, how are they in terms of learning hip hop in an academic setting? Because it is, it's, you know, it, it's from the streets. It's, you know, there's a very deep history with it. How, how are they in an academic setting? Uh, they love it, actually. And to be honest with you, most of my students, you would think that I would get a chance to teach the dance majors a lot, but I don't. Most of my students are outside of the dance major. Wow. And they love it. I have the biggest classes in my department. I have the most repeats in my department. And I've made, I've uh, been able to get young people to, after taking my class, you know what? I kind of want to minor in dance or even major in dance now. Awesome. And learning, they love learning the history of it. Uh, I date myself a little bit when I go in because I go through a series of teaching old school and I go through that. I came up in the New Jack Swang era, which yes. is Belle Biv DeVoe, yes. New Edition, yes. uh, Kid and Play. <laughs> so, and they don't know any of those cats. So, <laughs> you know, and everybody knows the song Poison. Yes. By Belle Bib DeVoe, but nobody knows who it is. They just know the song. Oh and my gosh. So, you know, when we get into that point, part of it, I get to teach them and educate them on the history. And it's really cool. I think they enjoy it because they get to learn it from someone who came up in it, who was there as a lot of this history was happening. What other projects do you have going on besides your teaching and dancing with the Inland Pacific Ballet? Do you have anything else interesting going on? I am so glad you asked that question <laughs> because I do. Uh, I have my own hip hop company called Envy Dance Company. And oh, awesome. this year we are celebrating our 10th anniversary. Uh, we will be opening our concert and first tour, uh, at UCR's theater, uh, on January 27th. And it's called the Soul to Soul concert. And the whole first half of the concert is all soul music. 
I have to see this. I have to see this. Oh my gosh. I will link it in the show notes. I'll actually link Brandon's information in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 143. I'm so excited. It was just by chance that I ran into Brandon uh, with my PR person here. He was having a sandwich and taking a break. <laughs> a well-deserved break from all these rehearsals. And so I'm so glad we got to talk because now I found out he's an entrepreneur too. And this is what it's about. Because as an artist, it's not... It can just be about the art artistry, but there is a great business side that you can pursue. And it doesn't have to be that you're scraping by and um, having the attitude of I'm a starving artist. I totally don't believe in that. I, regardless of your circumstance or what you might be going through, I, I understand the reality of it because I've been through it. There's lots of people that have been through it. But all it takes is a switch of a mindset and getting around the right people and getting mentorship and uh, lots of things that I always talk about on the podcast. But um, I'm really enjoying this conversation with Brandon. And I'm so excited to check out more of his information and link all his information in the show notes. And I would, and if you're in the greater Los Angeles area, San Bernardino County, Riverside County, whatever, come and see their production of the Nutcracker, just the little that I've witnessed, the energy, the work, the artistry. Wow, I am so excited to see this. So Brandon, is there anything else you want to share? Anything else you want to say before we end out here? This impromptu interview? <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than just come check out this Nutcracker. Uh, it's one of the best Nutcrackers. And I'm not just saying that because I'm part of the production. <laughs> I've seen quite a few. And this is by far one of the best in L.A. County. Uh, nutcrackers that you could ever see. And if you have a chance, come by and see Envy Dance Company's Soul to Soul concert January 27th. Woohoo. Yes, I am definitely going to check that out. Brandon, thank you so much for your time, your energy. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, so no editing. I wonder how that turned out, <laughs> except for the volume. If you wish to continue this conversation, I would love to get to know you better in my private Facebook group, The Dancepreneuring Collective. And you can send me a direct message on Facebook. And I would love to add you and get to know you better. If you found this podcast helpful or any of the other sessions helpful, I would really appreciate a rating, a review, and for you to subscribe on either Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. And that way I can continue improving it, as well as get your name out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I really look forward to spending time with you again. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.